You're listening, listening to, to Bible, Bible Plus. Bible Plus from Seesaw. Bible Plus is a podcast featuring short, daily discussions of every chapter in the New Testament. Bible Plus is designed to increase Bible reading, understanding, and enjoyment. Get more out of the Bible. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to our Bible Plus podcast. Today, we will be covering Acts 12. This chapter is a transition from Peter's ministry, mainly toward the Jews, to Paul's ministry towards the Gentiles. In this chapter, we see three main items. First, we have the glorious conclusion of Peter's ministry, and even the Lord's shepherding of Peter. Secondly, we see the significance of prayer and the spiritual scene behind prayer. And thirdly, we witness the growth and multiplication of the Word of God. In the past few chapters, we saw God's move as the Spirit in the believers through the early church in Jerusalem. In Acts 1.8, before the Lord's ascension, he told his disciples that you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. In the previous chapter, Acts 11, the Lord gave Peter a heavenly vision. A sheet from heaven came down containing animals that, according to Jewish law, were unclean to eat. Prior to this account, when the gospel spread, it was mainly towards the Jewish people. But through this vision, Peter received the Lord's word and was recalibrated. He realized that through Christ, all men were made clean, and that the gospel of grace is available not only to the Jews, but also the Gentiles. Peter was hesitant at first, but he eventually went with the Lord to the house of Cornelius. There, the Spirit was poured out upon this Gentile household, and Cornelius and his whole family were baptized. Peter was one with the Lord, but he demonstrated a weak testimony concerning God's heart to receive the Gentile believers. Despite the Gentile believers being accepted in Acts 11, It's clear later on in the scripture, in Galatians 2, that within Peter, there were some reservations in receiving them. Peter should have stood with the Lord's word in Acts 1.8 and boldly told the Jewish believers, Brothers, the Lord has commissioned us to be his witnesses not only in Jerusalem and Judea, but to the uttermost parts of the earth. And it's not wrong for me to enter into the house of this Roman centurion in Caesarea and, and preach the gospel to him. But instead, under the influence of Jewish religion, Peter couldn't, could not boldly testify this. But even with Peter's attitude, the Lord had a way to insert this final record of Peter in the book of Acts, which is a, in, in chapter 12, there's a strong contrast to his reluctance in the previous chapter. In this chapter, we see Peter as a strong testimony against Jewish religion and also the corrupt Roman government. In this dark trial, he was faithful to the Lord, and through the prayers of the saints, he was released from from imprisonment, from his bondage. What a victory for God! And dear brothers and sisters, we have to see that every book, every chapter, and every word in the scripture in sequence was written according to God's direction and sovereignty. In Acts 11, it's striking how there was a sharp turn from Peter 
baptizing Cornelius and his household to Paul's ministry. If you think about it, if the record of Peter's ministry ended in such a way in Acts 11.19, our impression of Peter would have ended with a bitter taste. Peter was a faithful lover of the Lord Jesus, but also was a very simple and reckless disciple. He was disciplined by the Lord numerous times, and towards the end of his life, he foolishly said that if any of the disciples were to betray the Lord, that he alone would not. We all know the story of how he denied the Lord three times, and you could only imagine how sad and disheartened Peter was. But in resurrection, the Lord told Mary, Go call my disciples and Peter. At the Sea of Galilee, the Lord continued to shepherd Peter and said, Peter, if you love me, feed my sheep. The Lord would not give up on Peter. Peter's ministry could have been written by Luke in the book of Acts to end at chapter 11, but the Lord would not allow Peter's ministry to end this way. Peter, the person who denied the Lord, who was even swayed by the Judaizers to hinder God's move to the Gentiles, who was a poor, unlearned fisherman, was still very much under God's shepherding. While in the prison cell, being imprisoned on behalf of the Lord's name, this disciple had God as his salvation. And Peter escaped the prison in a way that glorified the Lord. This is an encouraging word to all of us, that even despite our failures, the Lord's shepherding heart of love is still for us. Remember, according to Romans, nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. This insertion of Peter's account in the book of Acts by Luke was God's, so was God's sovereign way of showing us that even with Peter's deviation, God still had a way to bring about a, a glorious conclusion to his ministry. Now we come to Acts 12, 5, which says, So then Peter was kept in prison, but prayer was being made fervently by the church to God concerning him. Prayer was made fervently by the church to God concerning him. Peter's release was not because of God favoring him, but Peter's release was due to the prayers of a group of people on the earth who were one with God's will and who cooperated to release his will through prayer. The authority of Jesus Christ in his resurrection is imparted to the church. In Matthew 18, the Lord Jesus said, When two or three gather into my name, I am there in their midst. And in this prayer, whatever they bound on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever they loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Peter's imprisonment was not just a human cause. Ephesians 6.12 says, that our wrestling is not against blood and flesh, but against rulers, against authorities, against the world rulers of this darkness, against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenlies. Outwardly, it seemed that King Herod, the presiding Roman leader, wanted to please the Jewish religious leaders by capturing Peter. But actually, this persecution of God's people was instigated by God's enemy, who intends to defeat God's testimony and to hinder God's move. In Peter's release, we also see another precious underlying principle. Peter's release was because of the fervent prayers of the church. The saints were praying fervently for him in the house of Mary. God is all-knowing and all-powerful, 
But because of his intention to be one with man, the way he accomplishes his will through the earth is dependent upon the cooperation of his body through prayer. Picture a big locomotive. This train, this heavy, powerful vehicle, is more than capable of traversing the roughest terrain. And yet, it needs the train tracks for it to move. Likewise, God has a will, and he has the means to accomplish this will. Yet he waits until he gains a group of people on the earth who are one with his will and who pray for his will to be accomplished. The Spirit was poured out on the day of Pentecost after ten days of prayers by the believers in the upper room to fulfill God's will, release God's people, and to inflict Satan with loss, God needs man's prayer. You can say that every victory in our Christian life comes by prayer. In Ephesians 6, the only offensive weapon in the arsenal of the body of Christ is the word of God received by prayer and petition. Prayer is not only what God allows God's hand to move on the earth, but prayer is also the way for us to exercise victory over the enemy. Peter was delivered because of the prayers of the saints. I can say with sincerity and assurance that I received the Lord because someone prayed for me. Brothers and sisters, we need to be praying people. The enemy cannot struggle against a praying church. And just like the believers, we need to gather together to pray. This is a glory to God and a shame to the enemy. In the conclusion of this chapter, we have verse 24. But the word of God grew and multiplied. This is wonderful. According to John 1, the word of God is God himself defined explained and expressed. This word was Jesus Christ. And the Lord Jesus' death and resurrection, he entered into his believers. He entered into us. And the more we take in God's word in a prayerful way, the more his life within us grows and fills our being. When we grow in life, the word of God has a way to grow. And when the churches multiply, then the word multiplies with the churches. The Word of God defines, explains, and expresses who God is. When you witness a believer who is enjoying Christ and who is filled with the Spirit, you can read God from him or her. In 2 Corinthians 3, Paul uses this metaphor that we are living letters with our hearts inscribed with the Spirit of the living God. We need more of God's inscribing into us. The more we are inscribed, the more we can be read by others. When they witness our living and enjoyment of Christ, the word will have a way to be inscribed into them, and the word can also grow and multiply.